I'm gonna entitle the message this evening, The Pathway to the Anointing. The Pathway to the Anointing. Or you could say even the Pathway to Double Portion Anointing, but we'll just say the Pathway to the Anointing. How many of you want to be used by God? But like, don't raise your hand if you don't mean it. How many of you really want God to actually use you? Amen. It's awesome. Being used by God is the greatest privilege. It's the greatest honor to be used by God in any way whatsoever. Because everything you touch is eternal when God uses you. It has eternal value. It is the most impactful, useful, beneficial thing that could ever happen to you is to be used by God in any capacity whatsoever. The Bible speaks about a process sowing seeds, watering the seed, the seed grows, all of that, the harvesting, all of that is a process. And no matter where you are in the process, if God is using you in any of the capacity, you share in that harvest. And that is such a powerful, precious thing. But I really do believe with all of my heart that God is drawing us into more, where He wants to use us, He wants to anoint us to use us. Now, when we get saved and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells on the inside of us, that is primarily for, for Him to be able to speak to us and to transform us. But the Holy Spirit also comes upon us. Just the same way that He did in the Old Testament, just the same way that He did in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, Jesus blew on them when He met them the first time after the resurrection. He blew on them and gave them the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. But then he also told them to wait until they were endued with power from on high, from the Holy Spirit. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. Amen. So yet they had to wait for the Holy Spirit to also come upon them. So there's the expression within and the expression upon. These two expressions, every single believer that is used by God in a supernatural capacity will always experience the Holy Spirit coming upon them or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is something that will be with you all the time. Amen. That's the way it's supposed to be. This is, this is milk, right? This is the easy stuff. Okay. But I want to show you that even though these things are made available to us, there is a response that's required from us. So God will call you and then He will anoint you, but you also have to respond. And I've shared that with you over the last few weeks. Let's go to Isaiah 61, verse number one, real quick. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And Jesus actually quotes this, I believe it's in the book of Luke. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Jesus was the anointed one and received the anointing so that all those things could take place in the lives of believers, of people. Are you with me? God wants to use you the same way. Your Jesus Christ, Christ is not His last name. Christ is he, who He is. He is Christ. He is the anointed one. In the early church, the church was not called Christians. They were called the way. But what happened was they became Christians. Why? Because we inherited who He was. He was the Christ. We are Christians. Why? Because we are now the anointed ones. Are you with me? That's why you are a Christian. Because you are supposed to be 
a disciple, you are supposed to be anointed. But actually, we are part of the way. <laughs> the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. <laughs> so if we look in Scripture at the story of an incredible individual that made an enormous impact in the Old Testament, most certainly one of my favorite prophets, the prophet Elisha, there is a process to where he receives the anointing, where he receives the double portion, where Elijah passes the mantle to him and anoints him to become prophet in his place. There is a road, a journey that he must go on before this takes place. And I believe in the life of every believer, those who really want a double portion, those who really want to be used by God in a supernatural way will have to go on the same journey. In this journey, you can stop at any point and God can still use you, but there's always gonna be more. And it's only those who continue on in the journey that will eventually receive the more. Somebody spoke to me this week and sort of said, you know, we were discussing the, you know, things about hungering and thirsting and you, know, you don't wanna be too hungry, but you wanna be thirsty and you wanna be hungry. And you know, I will never, ever be, I will never be satisfied with where I'm at. I will always desire more of the Lord. Because I never, I don't believe we can even, we can even open ourselves up to a fraction of who He really is. That's why Paul said that I pray that you come to the knowledge of God when he prayed for the church on more than one occasion. He wanted the church to increase in the knowledge of God. That knowledge is not here. That knowledge is here. Because he goes on and says that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Because he wants your spiritual eyes to open so that you can perceive and see and understand the secrets of God, the things that this thing unfortunately does not understand. Why? Because God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. It has to be in spirit. God cannot give you revelation here that will change anything. Listen to me. You are born again. You don't understand how powerful that means because Adam and Eve, they died when they sinned. And until you get saved, you are still dead. But when you get saved, you become born again. Just like they were in the garden when God said, I give you dominion. I give you dominion. Oh man, you have been born again. The only problem is this thing has to catch up with what's inside you. That's why God had to create a way where He could speak to your spirit. And the more, you're, the more you pursue the Spirit, the more you pursue God, the more you pursue His love, the more you pursue Him, the more your spirit man begins to grow and you become stronger in the things of the Spirit and you step into what He's called you to be. You see, it's not so much what He's called you to do. It's more what He's called you to be. Because you are a son of God. You are a child of God. You are a son of the Most High. And as a son, you have rights, privileges. You are royalty. Okay, I'll say it like this. I am royalty. Hallelujah. 
Amen. So this is a journey. Let's go to 1 Kings 19, 19. Man, I just want to tell you, let me tell you something. God is busy raising up, listen to me, a David generation. He's raising up a David, Joshua, all that stuff, great. Listen, I want to be like David was. Why? Because I want to be a man after God's, listen, not just over his heart, I want to be after his own heart. I want to go after him. I want, to, I want to pursue him so much that it shocks him. I want him to look down on me so hungry and thirsty and desiring to please him that he is moved by it. I want to seek him with everything inside of me. And he is raising up a generation just like that. They will not be satisfied with the mundane. They will not be satisfied with the same old, same old. They will press in until the presence comes. They will not stop. They will carry on seeking and seeking. And nothing happens. There's no presence. There's no breakthrough. But they'll carry on. They'll carry on. They'll carry on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. All right. I'm trying to start. <laughs> First Kings 19, 19. Elijah is told by God to go and find Elisha the Tishbite to anoint him in his place. And when he goes and finds him, this is what happens. So he departed. This is Elijah. 1 Kings 19, 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Saphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12, the 12 what? The 12 yoke of oxen, okay? Then Elisha passed by him and threw his mantle on him. The prophet came by him while he was busy plowing, while he was busy working with his oxen. You must understand that I've shared this with you, but I want you to grasp it. You must understand that it can be at any moment that God calls you deeper. It can be at any moment. You must realize as you study the story, you will find out that there's no doubt that Elisha knew the Lord, that Elisha already carried something inside of him. Destiny was already in him because in the journey, you'll find out that he understands spiritual things. He's able to discern certain spiritual things. At this moment, while he's on his journey, while he's, perceiving the, while he's pursuing the Lord, he's still busy doing what he does every single day. Amen. The same old, same old, but suddenly God comes to him and says, listen, there's about to be more in your life. And the mantle is thrown on him and he knows immediately what's happening. He knows immediately. And the Bible says in verse 20, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. I want you to understand that when Elijah threw the mantle on him, he didn't stop and say, hey, how's it going, buddy? He carried on going. He said, listen, are you coming or not? You must understand when God encounters you. Oh, Lord, encounter me, Lord. Oh, yes, amen, hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. You get delivered. You get set free. You get touched. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then you carry on. 
Listen, He didn't give you that anointing. He didn't put that on you for nothing. He's called you. He's called you to do something for Him. That presence, that atmosphere of heaven that encounters you is there for a reason. And it's not just to give you goosebumps. When you have touched heaven, when you have tasted heaven, when you've experienced anything, when it comes to God's glory, His presence, when you've just had a taste, that's why the Bible says taste and see that He is good because once you've tasted it, once you've seen it, you cannot be the same. But understand this, yes, it's for you. Yes, it's to change you, but it's also been placed inside you because God wants to use you. Don't miss your hour of visitation. When He comes and He blesses you and He touches you and He anoints you, you have to get up and follow. You have to make a decision, I'm gonna follow, I'm going after it. And so He does. Now watch. So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He took his oxen and he slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate and, they, and, and he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. I love this so much because it almost seems as though he makes a decision, listen, I'm leaving everything behind and what I even have as a, what I'll make my living with the oxen and the equipment, I'm getting rid of it all. Lord, you've called me, I'm sacrificing everything. I'm giving it all, even the equipment that the oxen use. Lord, I'm gonna burn that as I sacrifice the oxen. He made a decision, he's giving it all up because he's gonna follow. Now what's interesting is when he follows, he doesn't become the man with the power for the hour. The Bible says he becomes a servant. He becomes the servant of the prophet Elijah. He begins to follow. Now understand, God's called him. The mantle has been put on him. He's anointed. God's appointed him. He is going to be used. But he follows as a servant. There is a season and there is a time in your journey and your walk with God where you have to serve. And listen to me, when you leave a place and you go to a new place, you have to start again. Oh, there's not too many amens for that. Let me say it again. If you come here from somewhere else, I don't know you. You start from the ground up. And if you are called, if the, if the anointing is there, if the, if the hand of the Lord is there, nothing can stop you. No one will be able to stop you. But there is a process. Everyone wants to be king before they become servant. It never happens, ever. There is a process. Amen. <laughs> I like you guys. Amen. This is great, man. There's a process, but he follows. He follows and he knows that God has called him. He can sense it, he can feel it, he knows. But he makes a decision that no matter what, he's gonna follow. Second Kings 2, verse number one. This is where the journey really begins. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. The first place in the journey 
to double portion is Gilgal. And Gilgal represents many things, but at Gilgal, something powerful happened. In Joshua 5 verse number nine, this is what it says. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that, so that place has been called Gilgal to this day. You see, there will come a place in your journey which is represented by Gilgal in the story where you have to get to the place where your shame gets taken away, where your reproach gets taken away, where you no longer look back, where you no longer stay in that place of shame and reproach. There comes a point in your journey, if you want to be used by God, you cannot look back anymore. You cannot look back. You cannot talk, well, you know, you know, God can't really use me because of this. Your reproach, your sin, your shame has been taken away. Listen, listen, just do me a favor. Don't go back there. It's been taken away. Don't go back there. Hallelujah. He doesn't go back. He carries on on the journey. First, it's Gilgal, the place the children of Israel have wandered in the wilderness. They've wandered in the wilderness. They've been in the wilderness. Now they finally get to a place where the reproach gets taken away. Every one of us have to get to that place where we receive the grace of God, where we receive the mercy of God, where we understand, listen, I might not be good enough, but He is good enough. And greater is He that is in me. And He's called me and I'm pursuing Him and I'm going after Him and I desire Him. Amen. It's the place where you, where you finally understand the grace of God in your life. It's the place where He removes your shame. He takes it away, but you must understand it must be something that you grasp a hold of, that you take a hold of. Because God can give you the Word. You can know that Jesus has done it for you, but you have to receive it. So Elijah takes Elisha first to Gilgal. What happens is many Christians, just like the story, get to this place. Unfortunately, many of them stay there. They finally receive freedom. They finally receive their, their, their breakthrough, but they don't go any further. They choose to stay there, that's good enough. I would say that the majority of the church stays in that place. That actually get to that point where they finally understand grace. The majority stay right there. But Elisha chose not to stay there. The Bible tells us in verse number two, 2 Kings 2 verse two, then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here please, for the Lord has sent me unto Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Man, this is good stuff. Listen, you have a choice. God's grace, God's mercy, God's goodness has been poured out on you. Is that enough? 
Is that enough for you? Or are you gonna be like Elisha that says, Lord, there must be more. I have to carry on. I have to keep going. There must be more. There must be more, Lord. There must be more. There must be more. There must be more purpose. There must be more destiny. There must be more reason why you've called me. Surely you didn't put your mantle on me. Surely you didn't give me your spirit just for that. Just so you know, if I am shouting a little bit, it's because my mic is a little soft. So that's why I'm doing that. Is that okay? I normally don't shout, actually. It's not funny, evil people. <laughs> so the second stop on the journey is Bethel. Bethel is an incredible place. Bethel is a place where God will meet with you. Genesis 28, 17 says this. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is Jacob. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that place previously had been called Luz. This is the place, you see, once you've gotten to the point of grace, God will take you to the point of encounter. God will take you to the place where He meets with you. That's the point of real destiny. You see, when someone gives you a word or you feel or you sense the call of God, that's one thing. But there is a different experience when God comes and encounters you when you're all by yourself. You see, Jacob had left everybody on the one side and separated himself alone and began to cry out to God. And he has this encounter with the Lord. You see, God wants to encounter each and every one of us and the journey to double portion anointing requires a personal encounter with the living God. Well, I haven't had that. Well, you can have one today. You can have one tonight. You have to desire more. Well, you know, I'm just happy to be forgiven. Well, you'll stay in Gilgal. That's fine. But that's not what you are called to. Elijah walks by him, throws the mantle on him. I really believe the mantle represents the Holy Spirit coming upon you. And now because you're so excited working with serving the Lord and you understand grace finally and you think this is awesome, Lord, you now just bless me. So many of us just want to be blessed. I wanna be blessed too. But there is nothing like Bethel. An encounter with God, an encounter with His presence where you can never be the same again. Where you left scarred, never the same. That's what Bethel is. It's a place of encounter. It's a place of transformation. It's the place where you realize that now God has you. Yes. Amen. Amen. David to me is the most remarkable story because what's most amazing about David is that he's anointed as king and then goes through literally hell. Can you imagine how many times he must have thought, I give up. David wrote over 72 Psalms. I've tried so hard to write one. 
But you know what? You can read them. Or you can read them. And if you read those Psalms and understand this man was called by God and then went on this journey of rejection, abuse, false accusation, and then you see him crying out to the Lord, praising the Lord, worshiping God. Why? Because after his encounter with God, he could never be the same. He could never be the same. God takes us on the journey past grace, past reproach to the place of encounter. At that place, many people, once they've encountered God for themselves in a real tangible way, they stop right there. They stop there because, you know, it's great. It's great to be there. What's interesting about this journey for Elisha is that in verse number three, it says, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from, from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Watch this, keep silent. In other words, Elisha, don't you know that your master's gonna be taken from you? You're gonna take his place. You don't need to follow him anymore. Just stop right now. You've got the call, you've got the anointing, you've had the encounter, stop right now. And he says to him, listen, you be quiet. I know what I have to do. I know the, the journey I have to go on. And the Bible tells us that he, he continues on. Elijah keeps on trying to get rid of him. <laughs> Man, I could preach a sermon on that. We'll just stop there. Then Elijah said, verse number four to him, Elisha, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me unto Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Jericho is a very challenging place. It's the place where the children of Israel had their first major battle. Jericho is the place, if you stand in Jericho and you look up to the mountains, that's the place where Jesus faced Satan. That's the place, the wilderness is right there above Jericho. Jericho is that place where before you go into destiny, the enemy will come and test you. The enemy will come and try you. The enemy will come and try to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. He will challenge your authority. He will challenge your identity. Just like Joshua went before the walls of Jericho and while he was walking, he said to the Lord, when the Lord appeared to him, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said, whose side are you on? He was not sure of himself. There was a great battle, an impossible battle in front of him. You must understand, before that double portion comes, you will be tried. You will be tested. And very often when the test comes, when the identity challenge comes, when it starts to get a little bit difficult, that's when people give up. Many people give up right there. Persecution. No promotion. At that moment, listen, Elisha could be thinking, what's wrong with this guy? He's gonna get taken away. I know he's gonna get taken away. I perceive, I'm a prophet already, I know. But he chooses to continue. See, in your Jericho, in your time of testing, in your time of trial, what will you do? What will I do? 
Let me tell you something. I've been to Jericho many times. It's like it never ends. <laughs> I feel like I'm there all the time. But what's amazing about Jericho is right at Jericho, literally walking distance, is the Jordan. And the Jordan is where the supernatural takes place. The Jordan is where the impossible takes place. The Jordan is where they crossed over into the promised land. See, that's the place where after the test comes the breakthrough. And Elijah took Elisha from Jericho to the Jordan. But before they went to the Jordan, in Jericho, in that place of testing, something happened. Let's take a look. Verse number four. Then Elijah said, then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me unto Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Verse number five. So the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he, said, and he answered and said, yes, I know, keep silent. Do you see that he's already prophetic? Do you see it? The gift's there, the call's there, the anointing's there. But he, stick, he, decides to, he makes the decision to stay the path, to stay the course, no matter what. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me onto the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water, the supernatural at the Jordan. That's what always happens at the Jordan. You'll find that the Jordan, that's when that supernatural takes place. He struck the water and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry land. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Man. You see, the whole journey, throughout the entire journey, he was already anointed. He was already called. And at any point in the journey, he could have gone on but he would not have received the double portion. You can't stop at any point in your journey. You have to go on all the way to the end. You have to pursue all the way to the end. And in the life of a believer that's pursuing that, you will begin to see after you've gotten through the Jordan, after, after you've gotten through Jericho to that point where you tested and tried, that God will suddenly begin to use you. He will suddenly begin to bless you. There are certain biblical things that are very hard to explain, very difficult to explain, because they are, they really are spiritually discerned and you have to kind of experience them before you fully understand them. The power in this relationship between Elijah and Elisha is so strong that when the mantle falls on Elisha eventually, which happens in just a moment, he gets up and he literally performs double the miracles that Elijah does. 
when he picks up the mantle, the Bible says that he takes the mantle and he cries out, where is the God of Elijah? Do you think he didn't know the God of Elijah? Do you think he didn't already understand these things? But he wanted everything God had for him. He was not willing to stop at any point in that journey. He was not, allow, not willing to allow anything to stop him from receiving everything that God had for him right to the very end. Don't allow the enemy to stop you. Don't allow the enemy to at any point in your journey to stop you. Listen, be careful of offense. People will offend you. It doesn't matter where you go. I'm just gonna leave the church because so-and-so offended me. I might offend you. I probably have already. Are you really gonna allow God's purpose and plan to stop you because I've offended you? More than likely you've misunderstood me. I'm a really nice guy. <laughs> oh, but I will push you. I could say a lot of other things, but I'll stop right there. The journey to double portion is not easy. It's a servant journey. And on that road, at every point, you will have to decide if that's where you wanna stay or not. Many stop at Gilgal. Gilgal is the place of reproach where they finally realized grace, mercy, and they got into Bethel, which is the place of encounter. Many people, after they've encountered God personally in a supernatural way, that's where they stop. And many people at Jericho end there because the, 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 the challenge, the battle is too much for them and they can't go on. But if you're able to continue, no matter how difficult it is right now in your life, I want you to know that the Jordan it's, guys, I've been there. When I, when I arrived at the Jordan and I saw how close Jericho was, I was shocked. Do you know that John the Baptist more than likely baptized Jesus right there at the foot of Jericho? And the reason why we know that is because there are mountains. Where John the Baptist lived, he lived in a cave. You can see those caves. They've been there for thousands of years. And then there's this place, this baptismal place. The water isn't clean. It's not glorious. But that's the place where it happened. And it's just so awesome because is it not the place of the supernatural? And more than likely, there's such a good chance that that's exactly where Jesus was baptized. I remember standing there, looking behind me. You can literally see Jericho in the middle of the desert. It really is a place flowing with milk and honey. It really is the fruit, it's this size, it's no jokes. In the middle of a desert, it shouldn't be like that. Everything in scripture is perfect. There is no mistake anywhere. There is no contradiction, you just don't understand it yet. It's perfect. Jesus got baptized at the right place. They crossed the Jordan at the right place. The Mount of Temptation is at the right place. Everything is perfect. The journey for Elisha is perfect to teach us so that we understand, listen, if you want the double portion, more is required of you. 
More is required of you. You can't stop at any point in the journey. You have to keep going. The most dangerous doctrine is the do nothing doctrine. That's what I've decided to call it. Just do nothing. You're right, do nothing and nothing will ever happen in your life. Oh yes, you'll get to heaven. That's how good he is. But you'll miss. Imagine getting to heaven and God says, man, you did nothing, but I wanna show you what I had planned for you. This was your purpose. This was your destiny. This is what I had. All of this was, was I was gonna do through you. But you decided to say, well, it's all done, Lord. Thank you. And I am thankful for that. But I don't want to stop there. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the double portion available to us. You can have it. It's yours. I don't know where you are in your journey with God. I don't know if you're at Gilgal or at Bethel, Bethel or at Jericho. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're at any one of those places. But I know that God is wanting to pull you all the way through to the Jordan where the miracles and breakthroughs begin to take place. That's the place where the church will be in the last hour. There is no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. I am ready. I'm ready. And what will get us there, guys, is that heart like David had. No matter where he was, no matter how badly he fell, and he felt bad, he continued to seek the Lord. He continued to pursue the Lord. And he has the honor of being called a man after God's own heart. I am so jealous of that. I really am. Because that's my desire. Lord, this evening in this place, these are your people. Those watching online, they're your people. Father, take us all the way to destiny, to the Jordan, to the place of supernatural miracles. Father, take us to the place of breakthrough and anointing. Lord, don't let us be satisfied with the mundane, with just normal stuff, but let us be a people that desire all that you have for us. Yes, Lord, we do. We rest in you. But Father, I desire, I desire to be obedient to you, to listen to your word. Father, let your light shine in us and use us for your glory. Encounter us even tonight in this place with your presence. Lord, let us be a presence-driven people. And out of your presence where we find rest, where we find shelter, where we find healing, where we find deliverance, let us come out of that place refreshed, made whole, and ready to do all that you've called us to do. Father, I pray tonight under the sound of my voice, whether in this place or watching online, Lord, grab a hold of us, our hearts this, this evening in this place, that we would begin to make a decision, even now, Lord, wherever we are in that journey, Lord, there is more. There is more of you. There is more to discover. 
there is more to understand. There are more things you have planned for us. Your thoughts are good. Your plans are good. You desire to take us all the way to what everything you have for us, every, every little bit of, of purpose and, and anointing and plan that you have for us, let it be fulfilled in the lives of every individual in this place. We love you, Lord. We surrender to you tonight in this place. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender, Lord. I seek you more. I seek more of you, more of you, Lord, more of you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know where you are in your journey, but wherever you are this evening, you can make a decision to say, Lord, I want to go beyond this point. If you're at that place where you still haven't understood grace, I want you to know that tonight in this place, His mercy and His grace is sufficient for you. You might say, well, pastor, you don't know how badly I've sinned. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. That's how great the price was. Your sin, your reproach can be taken away. Tonight, if you're stuck at that place, make a decision right there where you are. Don't look around. Don't look at other people. Keep your eyes right now focused on the Lord. Just cry out to Him and say, Lord, I wanna go beyond this place. I wanna go beyond this place. If you've been at that place, but you've never been at that place of encounter, cry out to Him tonight. The Lord always opens the door to those who knock. He opens the door to those who ask. Those who seek Him, they find Him. But it has to be a desire. You see, like with Elisha, you have to say, I'm not satisfied with staying here. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna go after you. It, between, between Bethel and Jericho, there is a process. There is a process. There is a, a, a path that has to be taken. There is a journey you will go on. It doesn't mean you have the breakthrough immediately. You may have the breakthrough immediately, but you have to go on the journey. Father, I pray all those that are at that place tonight, Father, that are at that place of desiring encounter, that you would encounter them, that you would touch them. Father, those that have moved beyond that place, have encountered you, but have never opened open themselves up to being used by you, have never laid hands on anyone, have never prayed for the sick, have never stepped out in faith, Lord, that tonight you would call them beyond encounter. You would call them beyond that. And Father, they would go to the place of Jordan. They would go to that place, Father. And Lord, if there's anyone stuck in that place where maybe they gave up, they gave up at that point, Lord, where, 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 where persecution came, where failure came. Maybe that something happened and they failed. Maybe they, they fell short at that point, Lord, because it was too difficult for them. Lord, I pray tonight in this place that you lift them up, that you pick them up, Lord, and that they continue to move forward, that you take them out of that situation. Lord, that they will realize tonight that you are supernatural and that that encounter that they had with you was not for nothing, but you have planned for them, their Jordan experience, the moment of supernatural breakthrough, the moment where you will use them in a powerful and mighty way in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Listen, if you are here and you just need prayer for anything, sickness, whatever it is, 
I'm going to open up the altars in just a moment. My team will be here. I'll be here for a while. We'll be praying for you. Whatever the need is, whether it be sickness, whether it's something going on in your life, don't come and talk to us for half an hour. Just come and let us pray for you. Amen. We love you. The rest of you, God bless you. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We honor you. We worship you. Lord, we are so thankful. Every week, Lord, we just, we don't even know what you're going to do, but we love it. And we are so grateful to you for it. Lord, like, the, like we sing and like we sang tonight, let us leave this place and let us never be the same again. Father, I pray that you will stir up the gift that's placed on the inside of each and every individual in this place. Like always, we will always give you all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.